Hey everybody, welcome to, I started that really loud, but I'm going to keep going, to another episode of If It Isn't Love Podcast. I am your host, Tanisha. And I'm your co-host, J.L. Woodson. And thank you guys for joining us for another episode. All Everyone who's watching on YouTube, thank you for joining us. Everyone who's listening, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Yes. Ding. Um, before we get started, make sure that you're following us on social media so that you don't miss things. Although we got to get so much better with posting on social media, follow us on Instagram at if it is in love podcast and on Twitter at if it is in love PO one and on Facebook, if it is in love podcast. So that's what we got. Mm. We haven't gotten to TikTok. I'm trying to convince this one to get on t- to let me teach him TikTok dances. I can't dance. That's why I'm a teacher. Like, if it ain't structured dance, like it's gonna be structured. Salsa or the waltz, or even uh, I didn't feel we were doing doing that whip nene shit back then. I'm not gonna make you whip or nene. I hope not. There'll be some other stuff. Again. It just it looks like a whole body movement of just fat jiggle. Okay, anyway. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. Okay. So we're going to get right into today's topic. It was actually a topic that we had planned a few weeks back. And then we started talking about all the other things and we never got into it. Um, I like conversations. I think that when we originally structured our podcast, you know, of course, a lot of our topics about love and relationship, um, specifically things that and topics that we actually have conversations about you know, privately, and then we bring them to this platform. Mm-hmm. And then we add a little pop culture, um, a little <clears throat> bit of current events, and sometimes the current events suck. And so we are very specific to steer away from what's happening um, in the real world. So um, I like to just talk about things that are important to us too that may not be hot button topics of the day. So you get a little bit of everything with If It Isn't Love podcast. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, religion. Um, from our perspective, it is a conversation that we've had privately because I think it's really important when you are in a partnership that you understand um, the other's spiritual and religious background Mm -hmm. and because a lot of oftentimes uh how we are our religious and spiritual beliefs influence our values yeah which influences how we see life which influences what we believe and how we will uh direct things and how we'll live our life and if you're not on the same accord or similar accord um then it could i think lead to a lot of uh, issues within your relationship. Do mm-hmm. I believe that it's possible for two people from very different religious backgrounds to uh, flourish successfully? Yeah, but I also think that it it sometimes people's religious beliefs specifically line up, you know, how they should interact with their spouses in some way. And if you are on two different accords, like if you are a, a devout Pentecostal Christian and you know someone's Muslim Mm -hmm. it may not um it may not be a good fit it might not be a good fit right if 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 both parties are super devout but it might right I've never really had um that interaction because even a lot of people in my life who may be in different backgrounds they're not necessarily it's like yes this is my religious background 
but it also doesn't um, stop me. It doesn't mean that I ascribe to every um, aspect Mm -hmm. of that background. But when I think about it not working, Mm -hmm. I always think about Jackson and um, April Mm -hmm. (laughs) on Grey's Anatomy because she's like this super Christian girl who like wanted to wait even, you know, before she got married to have sex, but then she lost her virginity to Jackson, like when she got drunk and he's an atheist. And it was like the idea of an atheist and a super devout Christian. And they try to make it work over and over. And it just ended up dissolving, you know, not working Mm -hmm. out um, because it came down to a point where they talked about their different religious beliefs and when they were thinking about how, like, I mean, if you haven't seen these episodes of Grey's Anatomy, these are years ago. Yeah. When they, if they hadn't gotten to the point where, you know, um, she was pregnant or she like had a miscarriage and they were trying to like figure out like, how do we pray through that? And he's like, I don't pray. He's like very like, so sometimes getting through really difficult times or deciding what you're going to do uh, with your, with your children, when you bring, how you want to raise them. And if they're built on different religious practices and spiritual practices that the other one doesn't agree with um, or they don't believe in, and it's Mm -hmm. very different than it could be issue. So we're just here to talk um, kind of about that. We, I think, have a pretty good understanding of where the other um, is in terms of their spiritual, religious beliefs and background. So we're going to share some of that with you guys. Do you want to go first? Uh, I can. Go ahead. Um, okay. So my religious background is, okay, so in the beginning. There was the word. Yeah. Um Basically, I started out Muslim. Um, my mom used to take me to the mosque. Um, I was in the Nation of Islam. He used um, to sell bean pies off I the side of the street. <laughs> Even though bean pies was good. <laughs> but, um, like, yeah, I used to go to the mosque and everything like that. I was in a pre-K at um, Muhammad University and stuff like that. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew, like, there were certain things you couldn't do. There, like, women sat on one side, men sat on the other side. And I think towards the back, that's where, like, um, I'm not sure. Because I, I always sat with my mom. So I, I don't really, but I was always in my coloring book and stuff like that. So I don't really know what was really going on. I started learning Arabic and all that stuff. Started learning the prayers in Arabic. And then one day we just stopped going. Um... Uh, I know partial part of the reason why um, my mom explained it to me when I got older, but um, like my mom is, you know, she is a firecracker. And when you uh, try to disrupt the church or disrupt the mosque or any religion, you know, they don't take too well for that. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little different. But um, and then um, I can't say my mom grew up Christian uh, or Baptist because my grandmother, like they were forced to go to church. Um, I would say later on, um, it started becoming much more of a spiritual belief than anything. Like I would go to, um, I would go to, uh, Sesplage church and then, but it wasn't like regular Christianity. It was like, you know, non-denominational, very spiritual, metaphysical, stuff like that. And so like, that was like seven years old and up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I also used to go to church with my godmother, mm-hmm. and I used to fall asleep. Um, 
But um, it, it wasn't because like it wasn't boring. It was like, I'm a kid. I don't really like this isn't necessarily stuff that I'm, I'm that I know right now. Like you guys are living adult experiences and stuff right. like that. So, um, but yeah, still, I would still go to uh Flash Church, which that kind of put a lot of things into perspective a little bit. Like it wasn't, it just wasn't a normal church for me. And there was a, like, there was a point in time where I stopped going to even just that is because like, you know, like my mom, you know, she loves to talk and she loves to talk about me. And so... You know, like you have them conversations with uh, your friends and stuff like that about your kids, mm-hmm. even though they right there in the room and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, I understand this is your time to get your frustrations out about me successfully. But I'm like, I need to be around. I need to be somewhere where, you know, it's unbiased or like even though like successful, I never treat me like that. But um, I would say that. All the way up until. um what was that it was like 2008 then i started going back to church like uh, nobody knew me and everything like that and then you know i did, i was trying out this christianity thing and even though that was later on like i figured out like that was not necessarily the best way to approach anything because it was for a relationship and like i'm basically putting myself in an uncomfortable situation just because like of that relationship and so now today, I I don't know, I don't really claim a religion, but if I had to, it would be Baha'i. And so explain to people what Baha'i is. So Baha'i is basically a different, it's a different spiritual walk where they, um, it's not, it's not Christianity, it's not Muslim, it's not, it's basically a combination of all different religions into one, but it's much more peaceful than anything. Like anytime I go to a fireside or something like that, which is almost like, um, like a gathering, like Sunday school or uh, Bible, Bible study. study. Yeah. Um, it's different. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, everybody, some people um, think it's a cult and stuff like that. It's not a cult. It's like people uh, gathering their spiritual beliefs and everything like that. And understanding that there is, you know, there's power in God. There's power in um, in reading scripture. There's power in, you know, doing a lot of different things that, uh, for your spiritual self mm-hmm. but it's not the normal church where like you're learning a whole bunch of different ways to go to hell so Gosh. no i'm i will get i'll touch on that point later on um but it just it felt different like even going to like the baha'i temple in um is it wilmette or evanston it's like close it's evanston evanston yeah um like even just walking in there is different yeah and stuff like that but um i don't miss like i don't whenever i go there or if i if i'm around people who are behind i don't miss i don't ever feel like they are judging me if i don't speak in tongues i don't feel like if if i'm not over here walking across the pews and stuff like that and you know and basically running laps around the church i don't feel that judgment so yeah you felt that at the other christian church you went to? i always felt that like uh or even people would come up to me and like or they they would actually say it on stage or something like that like um the the gift of tongues needs to i don't understand how you get it but i'm like I, like honestly no disrespect to anybody who is christian it sounds like a bunch of gibberish 
And it's because like I don't understand it, and because nobody's up there, like there's no uh, Rosetta Stone for uh, for speaking in tongues. So it's not like you, it's not like you're really giving me a like you're basically looking at me weird because I don't have the gift of tongues or because I'm not shouting and because I'm not you know laying out on the floor and people the usher has to basically bring a blanket just to cover me and stuff like that. I don't know if they do that for men. I know they do that for women because of like dresses and stuff. But I like I always felt out of place. Mm-hmm. Or um, I mean, I don't think you can go throughout life without having some sort of, um, you know, some sort of mistake. Like, like even just the disparities on how churches treat women, like, you know, like if you get pregnant or like back in my mom's uh, time when she was going to <laughs> back in her day, I'm sure your mom was going to appreciate that. I mean, she says it sometimes, too. But, um, you know, if you got pregnant or something like that, it wasn't you didn't the 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 male kid didn't get punished. He may have gotten talking to and stuff like that. But the girl is the one who basically had to live with the shame. Mm hmm. And I felt like, I'm like, that's not right. Like, it, t- it takes two. Like, and that's technically a privilege that, you know, any guy has, especially dealing with the church and whatnot. But I'm like, yo, you can't necessarily pick out and choose the people who you are going to say, like, oh, no, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like religion gets it wrong a lot of the times, like, especially when it comes to, like, Christianity and stuff like that, or just... I understand is like for me, it's it's definitely man-made. Like it's not something that you know that has been here like since the beginning. So it's not like I n- I never try to ridicule anybody for being a Christian. I never try to like talk them out of Christianity or anything like that. But they are always trying to talk me into it. I'm, I'm a like, Christian. I get it, but you don't basically try to force that on me. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like I don't I don't um, I don't it's not like I don't believe in God. It's not I don't believe Jesus was here and he didn't do miraculous and amazing things. I do think that he did a very symbolic thing by dying on the cross for people's sins. Um, I just think how people how man has used that throughout time has basically been very destructive Mm -hmm. and but i think like our relationship works where because of the fact you don't force that on me like you don't go to church (laughs) i mean you went to you studied the bible you did was that seminary i went to school of ministry yeah Yeah. so you did all that stuff you understand the bible a lot more than i do i mean from what i heard it's a great book i read a couple of chapters Great book. <laughs> New York Times bestselling. Probably list. the it's Bible. Million. <laughs> the More Bible. <laughs> but um, I just think <laughs> when it comes to us, like I don't, I I like the fact that you don't try to basically uh, degrade me or downplay me because I don't speak in tongues or because like if I forget to pray one day or something like that or. Um, but you don't. And you I think in, in our relationship, you're a lot more active in terms of 
praying and and at least outwardly right yeah. like i know i pray but i think you always like make sure like we pray before we eat and i you know I, you have your time that you set aside to like be reflective and to pray and stuff like that very consciously make an effort to make a connection to god i i try i mean <clears throat> i think um for the most part it's like I say, it's religion that I'm that I have an issue with. Right. It's not God that I have an issue with. Right. As like so much, like um, like as far as me praying and everything like that, yeah. Like I do believe like there's power in the spoken word. There's power in like speaking life into your partner. Mm -hmm. I do believe that you know if you know you want something to manifest or um the universe to bring it towards you and everything like that, like you pray for it, you intend for it and stuff like that. And so, like, even, like, every now and then I look around this house and I'm like, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. um, or, like, if um, I pray for our relationship, like, especially when you go out because, like, the world is, like, crazy as hell. I'm like, God, do something. Help. But <laughs> SOS, Lord. Right. But um, I just think, you know, I, like, of course, I miss, I may miss a prayer or something like that or... Um, there are times where, like, I do feel bad because, like, I don't talk to God as much mm -hmm. as I sh as I probably should. Mm -hmm. Or I'm only, if it always feels like I'm only asking for something when I need it. Right. But for for the most part, I, like, sometimes I just talk to him just to say thank you. Right. That's it. But. Yeah. I mean, all of that makes sense. Um, I think for me, my uh, religious and spiritual background growing up, we were CNE Christians um, <laughs> and actually more E. So those of you who are not familiar, CNE Christian is a Chris Christmas and Easter Christian. And we really did not go to church on Christmas, but we did go on Easter sometimes. <clears throat> and we celebrated, you know, what was interesting. I think about all the religious or Christian based holidays that we celebrated without any recognition really of God in it, mm. right? Um, even though Christmas is actually a pagan holiday that we have adapted as Christians um, into our world as a celebration of the life of Jesus Christ, um, even though Jesus was born in the time of the harvest, if you read the Bible, Jesus was born in the time of the harvest, meaning more than likely Jesus was born around September, October, um, considering the part of the world he lived on, all that. But not, with all that aside, um, it, it was always interesting. Like we, we did the whole thing. We got dressed up for Easter. Um, I mean, we prayed, but it was like, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Yeah. Like that. It, you know, sometimes it's so funny because even when, if I pray for my food by myself, I'll say whatever prayer I need to say. And at the end, I still do, do that prayer. So it's always funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, probably sometime, Around the time I was, um, I want to say I was like 11 and I went, my sister had moved to Daytona <clears throat> beach when she was 17 and I was like seven. So a few years later I went to go visit her. So let me say back, I was 12 mm -hmm. and I went to church to visit my sister. I went to Florida to visit my sister for the summer and she was like super into church. Like she went all the time, her and my god sister, like they went to church and <laughs> The church they went to, when I tell you there was a service every day. So then that summer that I was there, I ended up, the only days that there was not service, mm -hmm. no lie, 
or that there was not an activity that was prescribed by the church was Monday, I think, because, okay, for sure, Wednesday, we had Bible study. Thursday, I cannot think of the name of the meeting, but there was a meeting that I'm going to have to ask a toddler about. There was a meeting. And then, okay, maybe there wasn't anything on Friday, but then Saturday, there was like, uh, I had to be in the children's choir or dance thing. So I did that on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a kids activity thing. And then Sunday we had Sunday school. And I hadn't seen church do Sunday school in a long time. We had done Sunday school, then regular service. Then usually people would go out to eat, usually together. And then have an evening service on Sunday. So we were just legitimately, most of the time when I was there in Florida with my sister in Daytona, church but what it did introduce me to is a deeper knowledge of like christianity and god and i i was um in a space where for weeks i was in front of the bible and i'm a reader like i like i am a student by nature i love to learn i really love uh research and finding out why i was the kid who would why my mama to death um because i really want to understand i have such a a a thirst to understand things and how things work because I need them to make sense to me to accept them. Mm. I'm not a person that does well with like a, because I said so, or, but that's just the way it is. Like, tell me, why is it that way? Help me understand the systems. Help me understand the history of it so that I can feel more comfortable in saying, okay, Mm-hmm. I get it. And that's just how I process information. So I spent a lot of time like, oh, my mama had been making me dress up for Easter and do all this. And now I get it a little bit more. Mind you, I'm 12. So um, I have a better understanding. And this is a church that has the whole speaking in tongues and coming and get prayed for and, and laying of hands and anointing oil. And like, I have seen demons cast out. It was like a whole thing. and it And it was crazy because then I went to, I came back home to Chicago and I found myself kind of like wanting some more of that. I will say that fast forward, right. uh, A few years, actually probably a few years before that, my mama had a moment where she made us go to church all the time and she became an usher. She made me join the children's choir, um, at the local, uh, Baptist church by our house, literally right behind our house that we had moved in. So this is about 10 months that we went to church. Mm -hmm. And it was an old school Baptist church where like the ushers march in. Um, there's a uh, the singing of the hymnals that are like I hear my cry. Like it was that um, where it was either you were old or young, not a lot of in between. Um, but it was a fairly young pastor, mm-hmm. and. Um, I forgot the name of the church. Uh, in, whatever, um, it was on the west side, and, and so it was. It was. It, it was an interesting turn of events, right? And I was just like, I don't know if this is what I want out of church. Like, I'm bored. I don't get it. So then, going to Florida, it was a little different. Um, having something that was a little more. It was an evangelical church, so it was a little bit. Um, that that kind of like the dynamics of God and tapping into spirit and having and, and really about interacting with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to to be within you and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that was different. And so I came back home and I didn't really go to church. Um, and 
I, I know I had a few friends growing up where like I went to church with them on occasion, like if I was at their house overnight, but I didn't, it wasn't a priority in my house. And then my sister moved back home when I was graduating from eighth grade. So I was 14. So she moved back to Chicago. And then when I was like 16 and, and my god sister moved back here too. So then I was 16 or there, cause I'm not in Chicago now. Um, when I was 16, we started going to this church called Truth and Deliverance um, International. It's now International Ministries or whatever, but um, it's a church on the West Side. And that is when I really started getting active and like learning. And people would like, get, not only did I have like Bible, but like I would have like a concordance, which I teach you about like, it's like, okay, you see a word in the Bible and it's like, what does this mean? It gives you like the historical mm. aspect. In it. And I think that again, it started tapping into the learner in me and the desire to understand. And so um, that's when I found really, I tell people when I kind of found my first connection with God is when I really learned. And it started when I was in Florida where I did a praise dance and I just made it. I mean, everyone knows me. I love to dance. And so I made up a dance. And for me, connecting to God was that. And so I understand when people are like, yeah, speaking tongues, you got to do a thing, you got to do a thing. But I, I I, really stand in the belief that God gives us gifts and then God allows us to interact with him and how we worship in these ways. And I totally feel like dance is what God gave me to worship him and to also be able to have greater connection. So when I was dancing on the dance ministry at, the, at that church, it was just, it was everything. I came to the rehearsals, even though I was still in high school and I had like, crazy things happening to me in terms of my upbringing in high school, but it was just, I loved it. And so I studied a lot more and then I went on to college and, you know, I had my freshman year. So that, that was that I was still going to church. I did go to Mount Zion, um, in Nashville, I like to call it club Zion or whatever. But the one thing I appreciate the most about my Mount Zion is Mount Zion really gave me a lot of my foundation. I know, you know, I've been talking about reading a lot and learning a lot. Mount Zion really gave me, the system that I needed to learn the Bible mm -hmm. um, because Bishop Walker is a scholar. Mm -hmm. So Bishop, so approaching for me, right. Approaching the Bible from a scholarly perspective helped. So he's the first person that I ever saw who read the Bible, right? Cause all this, all, the church when I went to in Chicago, as much as I loved it, I liked the dancing and I didn't pay attention as much during the, the service, right? Cause I was like, I read on my own, whatever. And Bishop, what Bishop Walker did for me was really say, this is what the word says, but let's take it back to the, when it was said and what that means for the time. So it is when I really learned that you cannot take the Bible, like you can't read it like a, a book you'd read front to back. That's not how it works, which is why there are so many different ways to read the Bible. And, and a lot of people, you start, most people, if you try to start the, the, the Bible reading at Genesis, you, most people don't make it through from that point, right? Especially when you're a new Christian, right? Starting in the New Testament, reading the first four, uh, reading the gospels first and, and going through and it, it helps. So especially when we're taking things from 
the Old Testament, he would un, he would break it down like this is why this needed to happen. This is why. And this is what God was trying to show the people. And then and this, if you look here, this is in if this is in the New Testament, it's referencing this in the Old Testament. And so for me, it was like mm-hmm. all the like connection, like clink, 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 clink. So I was like, oh, OK. It's like treasure hunting for you. Yes. So it was really good for me. And then that's when I got really involved in the church. Mm-hmm. And so I actually became one of the college and then college ministry was super helpful. So it was just like how can I be in college and still be a Christian and you know we want to do all that. and and not to say we ain't do all the college stuff still right we was drinking and whatever but I, juke slide, so. <laughs> right but I was still but it made it so that it really made that for me I was in a space that wasn't like if you listen to secular music you're not going to hell so it really broke that down where it was like, because I was a leader of the college ministry, but I could also, it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be out here going crazy, but you could also just have yeah. a good time. It'll mm-hmm. also like enjoy yourself and you don't got to be uptight. And when somebody says, Hey, how are you doing? You're going to blast and highly favorite. You don't have to do all that. Right. And so that's when I really was just like, I, Christianity could be cool. Like I can be me and be a Christian. Um, but then also I felt like there was like a, you got to do better, do better, do better type thing. And I really got into praise dance more in college to get through everything. Fast forward, graduated from college, had like my struggle year after college trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I decided like, I want to go back to church, but I knew I did not want to go to the church that I went to when I left. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to go go back there. The, I had come when I come came home. I came for a visit. There was definitely some scandal going on in the church at that time, and yeah. I just wasn't interested in it. Um, and I really one day I thought to myself, man, what's the church I used to go to? With one of my best friends, um, Megan, that her family went to, and I remember one day going to the church and the pastor having a a real live sheep. And it must have been like a holiday that we went when they were doing something. And he used a sheep like an actual. He didn't kill it, did he? No, no, no. It wasn't like sacrificial. Man. It was like a, Wait a, a play. And like, did they use like the sheep for like the shepherd thing, whatever. Was it the church in Dyer, Indiana? Or, no. Because uh, no. there's a church out there where the God does this massive production. No. So, no. This is in Chicago. So, I asked her, like, what church did we go to? you go to growing up? So, she told me we went to New Life. And so, this is when I learned about New Life. So, a lot of times, if you're black and you're in Chicago and you hear about New Life, you think Pastor Hannah. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that Pastor Choco, Pastor Wilfredo de Jesus, is actually the founding pastor of new life covenant church he is actually pastor hannah's pastor so the idea of new life came from uh is it bethesda or whatever church that his his father-in-law had he took over the church he renamed it new life when pastor hannah was coming up he wanted to be a a pastor he uh was under pastor chuckle and he went you know then he got uh ordained to start his own church so that's why the hallow new life on the south side came about so that's why it's new life southeast yes Yes. Okay. Exactly. So it's all one church under the assemblies of God. So what I really loved, again, coming to that church is that it really helped me flow from the same kind of level of learning in terms of how the sermon was broken down. And it was like, hey, you learn. It it was about learning. Um, it, It was a really mixed race church, but predominantly uh, Puerto Rican 
Latino. It was in Humble Park. Um, it was a lot of people. Um, it was a lot of activities to be able to do. I could be on the praise dance team. Um, they had a lot of, like when I joined, I ended up joining the church and then there was like classes you could go to, like new members class. So I went to my new members class. Then they have like a whole presentation you get, like these are our new members. And it's like a few weeks you go to new members classes uh, right before service. And then you can have like, there's these women's classes. And then I went to retreats and I really got closer to God. And so for me, Christianity has always, it has had a level of like, um, of closeness to God. And there are things that I've experienced that I, no one can tell me like it wasn't God, right. That I experienced and, and, and feeling and things like that. Where things kind of turned for me is when I saw myself just being so religious I had lost that connection to want to learn and love people. And I think that people forget. Um, and if we're Christians, we're called to love people right mm -hmm. where they are. And I'm not going to lie. There's just so many rules that I felt like did not line up with actually what the Bible said. And so what changed all that is when I went to school of ministry through my church, which is uh, through uh, the Berean school of ministry. It was you know, I people like, oh, you went to school of ministry. Like, oh, you did something for a few months. It was a two-year program. So <laughs> it was not a joke. So I went to school of ministry, which is a two-year thing. Mind you, I was still in school or, or I was still working full-time. And I think right at the end of school of ministry, I started grad school. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot. Um, and... It, what it's the, actually the very first class that I took really helped me. The class is called hermeneutics and hermeneutics is a class on how to study the Bible. So it taught me all the things that I would see Bishop Walker do and Pastor Choco do in terms of really reading the Bible and then saying, okay, what is the historical context in this? And why was this said? And what does this mean? Like, oh, if you, if the book is, if it's saying like women should cover their head, but like, why were things like that at that time from a historical context? What mm -hmm. does that mean? Because a lot of times people want to say, well, the Bible says this, and then you try to flash forward and apply it 2000 years later. And it doesn't make sense because societally it doesn't make sense. But to say that tradition is like this tradition that we acknowledge and honor mm -hmm. and so how that would fit in with today which a lot of churches don't teach that and so what that really taught me was it gave me really the key to being able to read the bible myself and study the bible and it made me more curious and but then i started going farther than what they were teaching and i started learning about like the canonization of the bible which a lot of people don't understand you know the bible is 66 books that we see but it was actually originally i want to say 112 uh, i forget the exact number of books and then there was a guy who decided, um, is it Constantine who decided yeah. Constantine. like, these are the books that I believe should be a part of the Bible. I don't know if it was him. So don't quote me. No, on they that. said it was, uh, even though he was a pagan, um, Constantine. Right. So he chose the books of the Bible, meaning there's probably another. So I don't know if it's him. Wait, just say whoever it is. There's a whole other like books of the Bible that they decided were not God breathed, right? Because the idea is that the Bible was written by man, but their words are God breathed. I mean, God inspired, it's God inspired. But for some, even if some of them have the same authors, it's saying these aren't. But what we 
decided a lot of times rulers of that time, you choose things that are beneficial to you, right? So I'm going to choose the books that make sense and line up with the rule that I'm trying to have. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that these are automatically not good, got good books, right? So then you start reading, like, think of all the um, disciples that have their own books, right? And then you think about everyone's like, ah, Judas sucks. Da, 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 da. There's a book of Judas, mm-hmm. right? But the book of Judas is not in the canonized. That's why we say the canonized Bible versus the uncanonized version, it's right? Like and then like <laughs> the book of Enoch, right? Like there in the New Testament, like there's the mission of Enoch and how he got swept up and taken to the angels. Then there's a whole book of Enoch, which really is just a lot about Enoch getting going up to heaven and there's like sex with angels. There's like this whole thing and people are just like, up, take it out, right? So what it made me realize is a lot of this is how man from way back when has influenced it. But I also don't view that to me that then none of this makes sense or that none of this then is valid because of that. But it helps me understand the context and the influence that people have. But I also can never negate the experiences that I've had with God myself, right? And so there has to be, for me, a reconciling. There is a, this is this, and I can... First, I was looking, it's like, I'm looking and this is what I see. So I'm like, I recognize what this is and I kind of see it. But it's like, when I have a better view, now I see what this actually is. And it doesn't mean that it's better or worse, whatever. I just have such a, a better understanding and how... You know, again, everything ain't gonna send me to hell and 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 all of this. Um, but mm-hmm. sometimes when I saw people, uh, what really mm-hmm. removed me, and so I still believe what I believe in terms of the text and in terms of God and all of that. Um, my issue was just with people um, in church. And, and it was not like bad, right? Always, there was definitely, and it's crazy because I got to a point in church where I was a leader, um, I was a deacon. <laughs> it's so funny because I always say, if 24-year-old me met 34-year-old me, she would send her to hell. <laughs> the 24-year-old version of myself would send the 34-year-old version of myself straight to hell. But it's always just interesting because like I was a leader in the church and this was probably, I was probably around like 26 when I was just like, I don't know. And I was at the church and I could just see a lot of the, the clickishness and, and, and there were just things that I was just like, I know this isn't right. And I don't know, I don't feel empowered to say it's not right. I just feel like this isn't right. And, and it's not to negate any of the great things the church was doing because I finally felt I went to a church that really cared about the community that was doing things for the community that fed people that like for real but it was also just like sometimes you got if you got to in them inner spaces and you still had any of your old mind it was like hard you know and 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 so I I kind of casually started visiting another church uh, actually with one of my best friends, I started visiting a, a church with her and I remember she wanted me to go to the new members classes with her. And I was like, and it just lined up. The churches were literally maybe like seven minutes apart from each other. And it was on the same street. It was like go down division. And I was just like, Oh, by the time this service lets out, if I go straight there, 
I, especially on the weekends, I wasn't dancing. I can go with you. And it was like one of those churches that's based on like the Hillsong Church. So it was like a white pastor, which is really different for me at the time. But it was like more casual. You can wear what you want. It was a little more like that. And I liked it, right? Like I liked the church a lot. It was mixed. What I loved the most about the church is it didn't have traditional like Bible studies and stuff like that. It had life groups. Mm-hmm. And so the belief is that we do life together. So some of and the life groups weren't all like Bible based. It was like we got a book club and we, you know, we're going to read this book. And it is like it might be like a women's empowerment book or whatever. But you had that. It's like, oh, do you like crafts? So we have this crafting group. You want to learn about finances? And like it and it was just so much more to me. What if I were ever to go back to church, it would be more like that where, yes, we ha- can have time for worship. We can have sermon, but really we learn how to navigate life and, and use our belief systems to, I really feel like the church should be about helping people prosper mm-hmm. um, in very realistic, tangible ways. My issue with that church came when uh, Trayvon Martin um, was murdered and there was this whole, like, that's when the whole Black Lives Matter movement really got legs. And there was this Blue Lives Matter, anti-Black Lives Matter thing. And this white pastor came up and was like, yes, Black Lives Matter, because he had, you know, Black friends. I mean, clearly Black congregants. But he also did something that was kind of an all lives matter-ish statement, like, but don't forget everybody's lives matter. And I was like, and that was the last service I ever went to. I never went back uh, to to that church because I was just like, oh, you're not going to look at my black face, uh, white pastor. And, and, and the more, you know, that was for me a lot of, a lot of, the beginning of my understanding more of the the struggle and, and, and understand getting deeper into uh, systemic racism and all of that. And so I, at that time, just really felt like I can't be in this space. And now like, I don't know if I could ever really have a white pastor. No shame. I'm, I'm sure there are some great ones out there, but I don't, I just, I, I don't know. It'd I don't be know. hard to even have sometimes a black pastor because of the same reason though. Yes. Like, <clears throat> because there are some, a lot of churches that, aren't even tackling that part. Yes. Uh, there absolutely. are some uh, some pastors that I've seen on the news and everything like that that have spoken out, but I'm like I haven't heard a lot of pastors that I actually um that I went to or their churches that I went to say anything about. Yeah. That. So it's like are you really speaking to your congregation? Like especially like like yeah, I, I probably would never go to like a Joel Osteen church or something like yeah. that. I, I I definitely can't. Even that pastor that was laughing at the fact that Biden won uh, the presidential race and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, oh, I could I'm, not, never. I'm definitely not going to a super conservative Christian white church ever. Ever. Yeah, I used to always want to go to Joel Osteen church growing up, and now weird. living down the street. Now, so currently we live down the street from Joel Osteen's church, and so it's yeah. really interesting now that I literally live down the street from it, and I still. I think, go. like I remember, I met him. He was like when Borders was downtown. Uh-huh. I met him one time and everything like that. And don't get me wrong, he seems very happy, very pleasant, and everything like that. But I just didn't like the way he was talking to people, like especially people who were you know, asking him about his book and everything like that. He had a book out at the time or just came out with a book and they, he was doing a book signing. 
And it was just, I'm like, yeah, like something about that doesn't rub me the right way. But I think when it comes to like, don't get me wrong. There have been churches that I've gone to that are because of the pastor. I enjoyed it because of how they spoke and how they, you know, you know, spoke to me and everything like that. Like I've met Bishop Walker, like I'm, when you say he's a scholar, like I truly believe that because like there was a time that I was going through something and like I had just came out of it and it, it felt like a sign because like I saw him in the Fisk library, like, and I walked on like, you know, like when people walk up to Dr. Collins and was just able to just sit mm-hmm. down and stuff. I was able to walk up to him and everything like that, say, hey, he was very nice, very Mm -hmm. uh, welcoming and everything like that. And I explained to him what was going on in my life and everything like that. And he actually prayed with me. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can do this. Besides, like, it was the only reason why I would go to the churches, uh, Mount Zion, is because of him and because of the robes. The robes (laughs) is fire. Man, Man. I ain't gonna lie. But uh, other than that, like, it was always... I think if I had like, you know, one-on-one experience with Pastor Walker or uh, Pastor Hannah and stuff like that, because like I did go to New Life at one point in time. And yeah, it was Pastor Hannah that the reason that I went um, or the reason why I wanted to keep coming back, that, that was that driving force. Of course, at that time, like I said, I was trying out Christianity because of a relationship with the girl I was with at the time. But how they actually spoke and like literally i had never experienced this before where you know a pastor would basically say something and it felt like they were talking directly to me Mm -hmm. i never had never really experienced that before um of course like successful i like i had grown up with her and everything like that there are certain things where like it felt like she was talking more to the adults than anything like them with me but with like how to actually become grounded spiritually yet yeah, she spoke to me yeah um it wasn't until like i started um like even just in that relationship where she was she was basically a super christian and don't get me wrong it wasn't like i don't fault her for that like i if anything like i'm happy for her for that but it's when you are basically trying to say destructive things to me or look at me weird or even talking about a certain group like she would talk about gay people. I have no issue with gay people. She would talk about gay people, even though one of her good friends is gay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are really hypocritical right now. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking about th- like these people that are basically they're in your church? Mm-hmm. They're uh, ministering your choirs and everything like that. through And to the congregation through music and stuff like that. They're connecting with people and stuff like that. But because of their lifestyle and everything like that, you are choosing to, one, talk about them behind their backs. And then in some cases, you're talking to talking about somebody right there in front of their face. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I'm like, yeah, that's hypocritical. So, like I said, like it's kind of been like a weird balance with me and Christianity. Like, yeah, I, I can't say that I would be uh, that I would be happy to go back to another church or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I just think that um, for me, yeah, like as long as I have a connection with God and um, a connection with like uh, understanding that God is there to help me, God is there to provide for me. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no. 
Um, I, I mean, I, I have no inclination to read the Bible as much as like uh, a lot of people and everything like that. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a great anthology of amazing stories. And um, I mean, you understand it more than I do. But I just I, I don't feel inclined to do all that. I don't feel inclined to be the person who speaks in tongues and um, run up, like I said, run up and down the aisle and run laps. And like if I want my cardio, I will go to the gym. But that's just how I feel about that. I mean, I don't think it, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own feelings and opinions. I think for me, <clears throat> largely, um, my, like I mentioned before, my personal experiences with God always pushed me to a point where I can never be not a believer, right? Um, outside of what the Bible says or outside of church. And, and if I'm being honest, there are a lot of spaces in which what the institution says it stands for and prides itself on the people who are in charge at any given point don't mirror that. And I say that as a person who has been a leader in an institution where I didn't mirror necessarily the principles that my institution was founded on. Like even if you go to work, right? You work in a place and you don't like, eh, I know what the mission statement says, but this is what I'm gonna say, right? right. Because you're a person. So I never want to really get into the Christians are hypocritical, churches hypocritical, even though I definitely believe aspects of that because they're people. And so I always will approach it with people be people and <laughs> people will be people. And so there's an understanding. So I, I feel like there's a grace then that I give the church because people are people. Do I expect that when you say something and you are in a space where you're a pastor. I hold pastors at higher standards than I do regular people. I'd never be a pastor because I messed up too much. And I think that if you take on the ownership of that, then you should be better than most. And it doesn't mean that you can't make mistakes, but some pastors have some scandals that regular people don't have. <laughs> and it's just like, so I know it's possible to not cheat on your wife. I know it's possible to not cheat on your wife repeatedly. Right. I know it's possible to to not embezzle money from your congregants and things like that. Like and, uh, yeah. and I don't believe that pastors can't have money. I think that's crazy. Um, especially pastors who a lot of pastors who are rich, even if you have poor members in your church, right? Which is a whole it's a whole other thing whole other thing. Some people are just bad with money. I, I mean, okay. But there are a lot of parents, like people talk about like T.D. Jakes, but they write books, they produce movies, they have whole other things and they, they don't even take money from their church anymore. But then the also the thought that a pastor shouldn't get a salary when, how do you expect somebody to be like, this is my job. Not only do I preach, but you know, some pastors now like preach four sermons a week. I remember having to follow Bishop Walker one day, we were like dancing and they're like, they wanted us to dance for all mm -hmm. of the Sundays. Go to all three churches. When I tell you, he has three, right? It, but th so we did it that week. But on Wednesday is the one at the original location on Jefferson Street, and then we started off the morning at like six a.m. Where you got to be active at the Antioch Church. Then we drove all the way to the Old Hickory location. Then drove back to Antioch, back to Old Hickory. It was insane you're literally talking about doing four full services before noon mm -hmm. 
And then he has to prep for all those services, right? Has his own life. Things like you see him in the library. So he's actually out there ministering, doing things, visiting people. Like, I mean, I've seen Bishop Walker. Remember one day he walked in the calf, like, and it, and it wasn't unheard of. I've seen him sit on the yard before, but think he's not only doing that here. He, at Fisk, he's doing that at TSU, at Vandy, at all the, at Lipscomb, at all the other schools. So to think that this and person, feeding and, and feeding us. So to think that this person should not get a salary and, or that if he gets a salary, we should pay him $30,000 a year. Why shouldn't this man make a, a actual living wage? But he was also an author and a speaker and a teacher, so he had money. So, but he. But the, that's the thing, like with pa- with Pastor Walker, like he he is a different breed, right? He is. So what I'm what I'm saying is, all of that also is there's just like <clears throat> one person, right? We might connect to, but then think of all the hundreds of people that helped make that ministry strong. Pastor Walker could not do all that had he not had people who drove him. It's not like he drove his car back and forth. Even when we were following him, we were on a bus, right? So it's like I didn't drive my own car. I just had to get there, and then somebody else their job was just to drive like so you help make this work because you help us just no we had our own bus like we did this we just like the dancers we just followed him this one day um and we had to do all of usually we didn't have to do all the services we just it was just i forgot what it was that we had to do all of the services was it college Mm -mm. sunday it was something else Because usually College Sunday was just celebrated at the one service. Um, right, right. But so this was, I forget what it was, right? This is over 10 years ago. I don't know. But I do remember just the traveling, right? We have our own bus. so the, And then the timing of when you have to leave. So knowing that in the beginning when we're there, like, he's not there yet. So he's literally having like a few minutes before. That's why he walked in. He Because he'd be finishing up a service. So while we were dancing, we can say the end of the service because we had to go to start the new service at the other thing while he was actually preaching at the other church. So when he's getting there preaching, we finished dancing. We're getting ready to go back to the... So just... But so understanding the people that are all involved, right? And and then people be people, right? So people don't always have their best days. And sometimes... What was always hard is sometimes that is the interaction that people will have. And that is what people will think Christianity is. Mm -hmm. You on your worst day dealing with someone who doesn't understand this whole thing. And then someone has that thought or you get people who never had power before. Now in a space where they have power and now they're abusing it, right? Because they, so it's not that I don't understand any of that, right? Mm. So although I have criticism of the church, I do I think churches should still exist? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I have the, I have my own feelings about organized religion, period. And I've already mentioned like how I think it should be structured for me to attend. Yeah. For me to attend regularly it needs to be more about life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind, re- I like reading the Bible. I like learning things, but then teach me how, how do I apply the strength and the courage and the the will of Job into disappointment like we talked about last time? Mm-hmm. Teach me that. Teach me real life stuff I can do that's not just pray without ceasing. People but- encourage me <laughs> to go to therapy, like all that kind of stuff. That, that and, and you know, I've transitioned since and although I still... I don't know if I call myself, okay, I know I started off saying I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a strong Christian foundation, clearly. And so do I believe in God? Do I believe in Jesus and Jesus is the plan of God? Yep. Um, I also have just, I have think I have such an appreciation for 
all types of world religions. And I really have, I think, I know it feels like a trope to say, like, I'm more spiritual than religious. I just feel like when people say that, it makes me want to roll my eyes, even <laughs> if it's true. Because I feel that way. Like, I'm more spiritual than religious, but I just hate when people say it. It's so like over said is that it becomes yeah, like eh, it comes fake um but like you know i believe like when people say like oh my god don't say the universe because it's god i just believe it's synonymous i believe that like god created the universe so god is the universe and god is omnipotent and god and you know i read the bible and like is if i say god and i say she and people are like what and i'm like well god the, the bible says that I was made in the image of God and I'm she. So why can't God be she? So here we are. He is she, he, the, God got all the pronouns. Okay. And so if I want to call God the universe, why am I not that? Why why not? And so I just. I think for me, it's more like whenever I go to church or whenever I have gone to church, like I just, I think their approach is different than, than I would like. Of course I, they're, I I don't want to fear God like that. I don't. So it's like, like how how can you fear somebody that you love? I think that's easy. I don't think like I don't fear my mom. I don't fear like I I don't want to fear God like that. Yeah. I just think like don't teach me a million and one ways to fear God, to fear Jesus, to fear uh don't teach me a million and one ways to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Teach me a million and one ways to love God yeah. or to, you know, respect God or to honor him and stuff like that. Like, I just like I don't like the whole like if you do this, you're going to hell. If you do that, you're going to hell. Yeah. If you do this, you're going to hell and stuff yeah. like that. I don't. I hate that. And it's not that. And so that's the part. People are misteaching the word because God's grace that is a, that's specifically why Jesus did what he did so that that you don't have to fear that we are no longer under the law that's a very legalistic way and that's how things used to be and that's why it's really important when you're reading the book of Leviticus and and you're talking thinking about how like all the things they had to do with the the um, ark of the covenant and mm-hmm. the tabernacle and and all that was built God was showing how impossible it was to live a good life without him. And so what you got to do is lean into him because you're going to mess up. That's why he did all that. So the, so that's, again, why I love the learning of it. Because what I realize is, oh, I'm trying all of this stuff. And it doesn't mean be a terrible person. It doesn't mean live in La Vida Loca. It doesn't mean any of that. Because the idea is if you believe you won't want to do some of the stuff that, you know, if you were doing terror, if you was out here robbing, you ain't going to want to rob when you are getting closer to God. And I think that when you think of fear, I get of not wanting to be like f- afraid where I just think the people approach fear wrong. People are afraid of fear. It's not about being not being afraid. Fear is a healthy response system that our, our body, you think of stuff our body is set up to be fearful of things because it protects us. So there is a part of fear that protects us. You should be afraid to step off a, a ledge over, you know, a building because you're going to fall, right? So there is a fear. What I'm saying is there is a healthy fear and then there's an unhealthy fear. There is a fear um, that... Uh, protects us. And I think that when I think about fearing God, there's a fear that is equivalent to a reverence and that's what it is. So 
it's just like, you know, when you read a, a word and it's like, this is what this means, but it also can mean this. And it also means this. So it doesn't mean fear, like how people want to instill it, like boogeyman fear. But that's what it feels like it. whenever they talk, like you, you design a God, this, that, and the other, you're going to be in the, uh, right fiery furnace forever and stuff right like that. so it shouldn't be that but it should be a healthy reverence and in a healthy parental relationship the fear that you have for a parent in a healthy way and not in a, i'm gonna get my ass whooped but in a i don't want to disappoint you because i know the effort and so i fear disappointing you i fear dishonoring you not because you're gonna kill me right and so i do think that how it's been positioned to you is incorrect but there should be a, I was telling in a training I did on Friday or on Friday where sometimes I would want to do stuff and my mama might say something like, I'll knock your teeth out. My mama's never, ever, 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 ever knocked my teeth out. Um, but mama didn't have to threaten me. I told people I didn't get a lot of whoopings because my mama would say stuff like, you know, I'm disappointed. And I did not want her to be disappointed in me, especially my auntie. My auntie, I'd, tell, I'd be like, please just hit me. Don't be disappointed in me. But it was that fear. It was not because I was afraid of them. It's not because I didn't receive love from them. But having that fear of their disappointment or that I could do something that would, even though it's like mom would never think less of me, the thought that I could potentially influence. And that's me as a kid not understanding how her love really worked. And that's how I think our position with God is. Not really understanding that. The worst of the worst of us, God love. God loves Donald Trump, right? Something that we could not comprehend, but because you're that, per you, God is, is, is that kind of love. God is that kind of thing. So being in a place where I could be the most terrible and he would still love me, but not really grasping that because we see things as if you do this, then you're bad. And, and so I have an understanding of, my, I can only fit it into the way my brain will work. It, and God don't operate that, that way. God's like, your brain, girl, please, okay? Your brain is nothing in comparison to... So there is a knowledge of that that I have that as crazy as it sounds, is comforting. That I don't have to make my head explode trying to figure out why God loves me, right? But the, in terms of that fear, there there is a, a reverence that I have, that there is a... You know, people are like, oh, God knows my like, I don't, dang, God gonna see me do that, right? And it's that, it's that fear. It's not that, you know, it shouldn't be that I'm gonna go to hell or whatever. Be, and again, because if people read, it don't work like that. Even at the end of the days, even if God came and there's the up where everybody gets taken up, there is time for people who got left behind to still get to heaven. So, it don't work again. I, and it's in the Bible. You just got to read it. It's so it doesn't that you die and go to hell. It doesn't work that way. Like if, if you, if you think about the afterlife in that way, it doesn't work that way. So it, I think that there, there is like a, a healthy fear, even in a very super loving relationship. I even think in romantic relationship is I'm not afraid of you. Right. But I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to hurt you so that there is a fear in the interaction that my actions could cause some kind of reaction or emotion or whatever from you. Sorry, I'm not trying to, you know, I, you, you, know, I'm, you, know I'm a, you know, I'm a hand my, talker. You know, I'm, I'm a like, hand talker. A don't be afraid. <laughs> so 
I just think that there is, it, it is your interpret, it's the interpretation of the word, right? And and like, yeah, I'm not afraid of God, like he's uh, Chucky, but there is a, like a father, like a father that I respect and a father that I want to, to, to keep loving me. And no matter how much he tells me, I'll never not love you. It's always like, I, I still want to make sure he's like, you could do nothing and I will love you. You could burn it down and I will love you. Stop. But I'm a person, right? And my brain can only do process so much because that's how we interact with people also. And God's just constantly trying to teach us to love people the way he loves. And it's like, but they did this. And he's like, so look what you did. And you're like, okay, but what I mean was- like, Stop trying to deflect. First of all, Lord, don't <laughs> deflect. Look, see, you learn something, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> don't deflect, Lord. And he's like, no, don't play with me, right? So I just, I really think that it influ- that's how it really influences my thoughts behind, you know, religion. And, and I always think that like, you know, when I'm thinking like how I want to raise kids, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll ever actually go to a church with me. I have not gone to a church service. And it's not because I'm opposed to it. Actually, I went to a church service in 2019. Sherry invited us and we all went as a group. We went to church. So I'm not opposed to going to church. I enjoy church. Um, I, I have not. I don't think I was going to um, New Life Southeast fairly regularly before I moved here. And then once I moved to Houston, I stopped going to church. I've been to church one time since I moved um, to Houston. And I'm okay with that. But it's sometimes so weird because I remember like every Sunday was like getting up, going to church. By this time on a Sunday, I would be, you know, probably having lunch and or just finishing the last service I went to or Mm. whatever and now that's just not a part of my life and so Mm. initially it was really weird it's not anymore uh probably going to church would be weird I think for me like I've I go to spirit I go to spiritual church I go to virtual church spiritual (laughs) church Uh, (laughs) oh I go to virtual church but like it doesn't necessarily even feel like church though like um because like with Sessful, I like I've grown up with everybody who's been in who's been in her church. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like church; it just feels like family gathering. Yeah. Um, it just feels like you know, like connecting with people and telling them like you know how great God has been, especially uh, from week to week and stuff like mm-hmm. that, day to day. Like we only meet on Sundays and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you know, this week God did this. Um, God helped me do that and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, like I trust Sesfala to lead me in the right direction where like, you know, like she won't do all the things that we basically just talked about. Like teach me like a million one ways to, I don't even know how to use the word fear anymore. But anyway, (laughs) I love when I teach you things. Anyway, um, But yeah, I just think, um, I'm like I said, I'm not opposed to going to church. Like I just feel like sometimes church can be a disappointment. So it's just a matter of, um, either figuring out the right one to go to and stuff like that. One that can be beneficial to both of us. Like even if it is like a Christian church or something like that. Like one thing about me, like I'm very 
like how I am out here is exactly how the way I am in church. Like I am not that extroverted person who is like all that hooping and hollering in my face and stuff like that. And like basically talking in that deep raspy tone and stuff like that, trying to force some sort of sermon into me and stuff like that. I'm not moved by that. I'm not moved by anything like that. Like I'm not moved. Um, when you say, uh, look at your neighbor, and I'm like, okay, now we're making eye contact. <laughs> I think, then, I mean, there, the, oh, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just think um, there are certain things about church that I, like, I'm not comfortable with in that regards where, like, you're, like, I feel like I'm at a rap concert, like, wave your hands in the air and stuff like that. And I love that part. I love the, I love it because I feel like it makes it, uh, more of a I mean I forget what they're called but there there are definitely all of that is very purposely created to create a certain kind of ap- atmosphere you might be a person that's an on the outlier of people who don't are not receptive to it but from a statistical standpoint lots of people are receptive to it the look at your neighbor takes you away from this like oh he's all the way up there the pastor who doesn't see me and brings the sermon here if you don't part and not to force you to participate when you don't participate you never will feel it if you engage and you interact with the people who are next to you it's just like you know if you're watching a movie but then we say something about the movie like it's like okay now have connection about what is happening for real but if i just if you're saying if you're ignoring the person and you're like and you're thinking about why are we why are you talking to me instead of like participating in the interaction it does bring a disconnect but that's all orchestrated so to help people and you have a certain amount of time to get this concept to people and so you're trying to stuff all this ways and I just see that as a person who like likes to present I love trainings so there are things that I have to say and in ways I have to say it and contextualize things that helps people what like in your presentation, your virtual training, you like, yes. look at your neighbor. <laughs> I definitely say look at your neighbor, but I definitely say things to them where I'm just like, you know, you, you, I, I engage them. I ask them <clears> to tell <throat> their stories or I want to tell a story that helps them conceptualize what's happening. And so a lot of, I mean, and that's again, a much smaller scale than in a church. So from a pre, a, a speaker standpoint, I get why they do that. I get why it may not be your your judge, right? I definitely gone to churches where they didn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And again, they really focused on the <clears throat> breaking it down. I love a church with a PowerPoint, okay? Help me take my notes because I can't, I, I sometimes I can't write, you know? So And so I love that aspect of it. I love churches that are in the 21st century that don't make people feel weird about having your phone out because I use the notes app. That's how I started using it. Or the it. Bible app. Or the Bible app, right? I don't. I like when people don't get on you about that. I like when it's like, why are we pretending like all this technology that's out here and available, we're not going to use it to help further the cause of the Lord. So I mean, am I saying I'll never go to church again? Nope, I'm not saying that. I am more of like, I I would like to find a space that I feel is more um, in line with what I what I want to do, I will always be interested. I, I would always say if my kids ever decided they wanted to practice another religion, I would always be interested in like 
you know, like, hey, you go to this temple or whatever. Like, right. we can go try that out. I would like want to see what it was like. I can't say no to something I never tried. Now, I ain't gonna go to like a Satan worshiping right, temple. That's what I'm like, mm. okay, but I would, I would like to imagine that no kid of mine would ever think that that was okay. But if they wanted to be like, I want to go to the mosque, or mm-hmm. I want to go to a. I can't even, I'm really. Synagogue? Like, yeah, synagogue, which I mean, cool. I went to Jewish preschool, okay? I know a little something, something about the Torah. So it's like, okay, cool. Like we, I, I'm open to that kind of thing. Or to like, you know, maybe we'll decide like Baha'i is the way to go because they'll have a, a exposure to all types of world religions um, that ultimately kind of share the same theme. And, you know, my last point on it is, you know, uh, I remember Mr. McCoy mm-hmm. would always have this conversation. He had this conversation with us one day and he was just like, you know, when you think about religion, maybe this was the world in this people's class. And he would say, <clears throat> you know, what is this? And he'd be like, oh, it's water. And he's like, no, it's not. And you're like, what? He's like, it's agua. And we were like, okay, yeah, water. And spent. He was like, "No, it's not water. It's agua." And then he was like, "That's how a lot of people would, would say, like, no, this is God." And then like, "No, this is God." And it's like because you call it something else, doesn't mean that it's actually something different. So the God of Abraham is also the God of Muhammad, and we out here saying, "Oh, it's water," and people are fighting. Water, agua, water, agua. It's the same thing. And you're calling the same thing. And you are fighting about what it's called instead of just praising and rever- and, 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 and appreciating and learning from your source. I added that part. I like that. Mic drop. <laughs> Don't drop these. Anyway. <laughs> so that, was, I just, that was good. That was good. So I just, I, I, I think, you know, there, there's always that concept of I, I, that's what makes me really want to to always learn more and to appreciate. <clears throat> and then understand, like we were watching the Tina Turner story last night and she talked about how the Buddhist chants got her. And, and I just believe that everybody is searching for a right. And when it comes to religion, especially when you're looking at religions that are not bent on harming other people and they're just about reverencing God or whatever you call him, her, they. There is no wrong. And that's my humble opinion. And I know there are people of all kinds of religions that would disagree. And that's their right to disagree with me. I'm okay with that. Um, I, I just know what I believe. And I believe that there's so much more to the story. And kind of like I said, knowing about like the canonization of the Bible and all that kind of stuff, it lets me know that a lot of questions that I have, uh, that there's probably, they're probably out there, right? Like, how is this? And blah, 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 and how is this founded? And why does this make sense? And why is this? And like, would God empower these people and these people? And it's just like, yeah. See, when I get to a space where I feel myself trying to be God, to understand, I'd be like, oh, not my territory. You know, I'm going to mind the business that pay me. And God's business ain't the business that pay me. That ain't my business. How he decide, he or they, how she decides how to run her, her business, this earth, that ain't my concern. I just be asking my little pieces. Help me put my little pieces of the puzzle like just, together, just, Lord. Just, just give me a lottery, a winning lottery. Help me put these, <laughs> you so silly. Help me put these pieces together and I, I'm okay with not having all the answers. But, you know, I'm more concerned with um, 
spiritual and religious organizations that help people to live and help people to combat uh, systemic racism and help people combat poverty and help people have access to greater education and resources. I want churches help people live a better life overall, not just a spiritual life, but a physical life. Because it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If I'm not feeling safe, if I don't feel fed, if I don't feel loved and protected, I can't, none of the other stuff matters. So help people meet even some of their most basic needs, I feel like, is the role of the church. And I don't think it has to be the church, but I think that the church is the place to yes, start. Yeah. So that's my thoughts. Anything that's, else? No, I'm, I'm good. This was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, this was good. <laughs> Um, thank you guys again for joining us for another episode of If It Isn't Love Podcast. Again, you can contact us on Instagram and Facebook at If It Isn't Love Podcast and Twitter, If It Isn't Love PO1. And you can send us any of your questions, comments, thoughts to If It Isn't Love Podcast at gmail.com. Give us questions, give us topics. I want to do a question episode, but we need people to give us more questions. You can drop in the DMs too. That's fine. Um, any questions you have um, about us? relationship blah 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 so that we can um discuss it until next week bye it's all because of you.